and chapter 3 is where we're going to be tonight. And um, I feel so led today. I feel so led to, to preach on the gospel. Just what, what is that? What is that? You know, we, we talk about ministers of the gospel and, and preachers of the gospel. What is the gospel? What is the gospel? Romans chapter 3. And I'm going to read about, about five verses, six verses to you tonight. And uh, I want to just take a few moment, moments of your time tonight. We'll probably, possibly, pretty good probability we'll get out a little early tonight. But I want to just take a few minutes and just talk about, talk about what the gospel means. And uh, Romans chapter 3 is where we're going to be. I'm going to read verses 19 through 26 to you. Romans chapter 3, verses 19 through 26 says this. It says, now we know whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, every mouth may be stopped and that all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law it is knowledge of sin. But now, I love, I love that, but now, in verse 21, the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnesses, witnessed by the law and of the prophets. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as propitiation by His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness, because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. What a beautiful text Paul gives us in Romans. And basically tonight I want to tell you that there is a lot of parts and a lot of gears and a lot of like clutches and, and just parts and pistons and, and, and go, all this stuff about how the gospel works, right? There are so many, there are so many steps to how the gospel works, but, but I want to try to break it down and, and really show you tonight that there's really four parts of the gospel tonight. And, and basically, as we look at these verses, I'm going to kind of bouncing around on those verses I just read to you a lot, but, but we talk about the gospel. What is the gospel? Anybody want to take a crack at that? What is the gospel? Give me a one-word answer. What is the gospel? Or two words, three words, however many. Good news, exactly. It kind of means good news, and, and uh, to, to piggyback off that, it's an announcement. See, Cassidy, the, whatever his announcement is, is the gospel of Cassidy. So if, 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 if McKinley's mean to Cassidy, right? And does that ever happen? Never happens. But anyway, if that happens... And he runs out of his room into his mom and dad's room and says, McKinley just beat the daylights out of me. Well, that, that was his announcement. That's the gospel. That's his message. He announced to his mom and dad that my sister has beat the daylights out of me. And so when we read this, when we read the gospel, when we talk about the gospel, it's the announcement, the good news that Jesus has come to die. Jesus has come to die, to set us free, to make us new, to change us from the inside out. And God has paid for everything that we've ever done wrong. God paid for it on the cross. And all we have to do is accept that that is the gospel. It's an announcement. It's the good news. It's good news. We need good news. We get so discouraged 
about all the things that are going on in the world today. I, I read the other day, uh, uh, there, and I don't, I don't want to get all political on you tonight, but I read the other day that Washington is considering gun confiscation and that they're going to come and, and take my guns and take your gun or try to take my guns and try to take your guns. Can I, can I just ask you, I don't care how you feel about guns, but how do you think that's going to go? I mean, you know, really, if we don't have enough problems in the world, they're going to start doing this now. And, and I, I'm, I'm so afraid. You think we've got riots now? You think we've got problems now? You think we've got issues now? And, and that's what they want to do? I, I think about the spiritual condition of our country. I'm a pastor. I'm around people all the time. That's my job. My job is people. You are my job. And I'm around people and I hear the condition of people. We need good news. We need to have a place where we can go to and find good news. And there's four parts of this good news tonight. The first thing I want to tell you about is what is the gospel? The first thing I want to tell you, the character of God. What is God's character? How is God? Who is God? What is God like? How should we look at God? How should we view God? First thing, if we kind of look at the character of God, we see that God is creator. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created everything, and He said that it was good. That's, that's who God is. He is the creator. But I want to tell you something else. God is just. If you go back to those verses, verses 19 all the way through 26, and he, he talks about there in Romans 3, he talks about how therefore by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for the law is the knowledge of sin. He says, but, the, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and of the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all, to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference. And then he says in verse 23, one of the most well-known verses in the whole Bible, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. God is just. Can I tell you today that there is a character of God. God has attributes. God has a, has a personality. And God is just. What does that mean? That means that because we're so wicked... And we're so sinful, and our world's so wicked, and our world's so sinful, that, that God is the opposite of that. God is perfect, and He's just. And when we talk about Him being just, people, I love this. I talked about this last Sunday night. Oh, don't judge me. Or we don't like to be judged, or, or we don't like people judge. Listen, listen, God's perfect. You're not. God's wonderful, beautiful, perfect, and you're not. I'm not judging you by telling you that. It's the truth. You say, Jeremy, I'm, I'm pretty good. Get in a car with me. Let's ride down the road. I'll have you so wicked in a minute that you'll be ready to just jump out of the car with it going down the road. I can drive you to the point of being wicked, okay? Just give me a minute. Nobody is above this. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. My wife says, Jeremy, you drive me crazy. You know? For the, she's not in here, I can say this. I mean, she drives me crazy too, but, but I, I can get it out of you. I can, get it, I can get the sin out of you, okay? We're all sinners, but God is just. He's perfect. And so if, he's if we're weak and He's perfect, He's just in punishing us. You see, I love to tell this story. I've told it to you so many times. I love to look on their faces when I tell them this story. Imagine if someone, and i got to be careful because I don't know everybody's background, but what if, what if somebody you love was murdered? All right? 
and, and, and they caught him. And there was a trial, right? And you're standing there, your family's on one side, and, and then him and his family on the other side. And, and the judge gets up there, the, they, they've, they've proven him guilty. He's guilty before God. They, they, know, they know everything's wrong. And the judge gets up there and he says, I'm just going to let it go. That's not just, is it? Right? If God's just, then the sins committed against him by you have to be dealt with. And so God, being a just God, has to judge that. God's just, folks. He can't let... Listen, we call it little white lies. And oh, there's some sins that are just... oh. You know. No, listen, sin is sin. Sin nailed Jesus to the cross and He's just. God's just and He has to deal with these things. So, we read, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then He says in verse 24, He says, Being justified freely... By His grace, that is in Christ Jesus, whom, I love what Diane sang about. She didn't even know I was preaching this night. Whom, verse 25, God set forth as a propitiation by His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness because God, in His forbearance, had passed over the sins that were committed previously. His blood paid for our sins. He's just. He has to deal with this. So Jesus comes. Jesus dies. Jesus takes our sin. And now we stand Free. God is just and God is righteous. But then we see that God is gracious. Because if you read verses 25 and 26, listen to this. It says, God set forth his propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. Listen to this in verse 26. To demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be the he might be just and the justifier and the one who has faith in Jesus. He says, he says that I'm going to send Jesus to pay for your sins. We need to know this. We need to listen to this. We need to tell people Romans 3 is beautiful that you don't have to be condemned that you don't have to wallow in your sin and, and you don't have to be good enough that Jesus came, Jesus died, and His character, God, is beautiful. He's just, He's righteous, and He's gracious that He sent His Son to die on the cross for me and for you. You know, I, I've been around some stuff and I told this a few weeks ago in my Sunday morning sermon. People talk about how I'm not good enough to go to church or, or I'm going to get my life better and then I'll go to church. Or what? I'm like, listen, you've got it all wrong. Listen, church, tonight, if you're sitting there in sin tonight, if you've got sin in your life and you think you're not good enough and you've got to get it better and you've got to work to be better, you really didn't listen to what Diane's saying. And because, listen, it's not about what you do, not about what I do, not about how better we can be or how good we can be. All we've got to do is accept what Jesus did on the cross. He gave His blood to cover our sins. Rest in what Jesus did. As Daniel said, it's good news. I've got good news tonight. Jesus paid for your sin. The character of God, he's, he's creator, He's just, He's righteous. But then we jump down and we look about the condition of man. Verses 19 and 20 says, We know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, and that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty. Look at, listen to that. That all the world may become guilty before God. All the world is guilty. There is no one who escapes 
Tonight, if you're within the sound of my voice and you hear me preaching, you hear these words, I want to tell you tonight that you are guilty. You have sinned. You will sin. You do sin. What do we do? What do we do? Verse 20. Therefore, the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law, it is the knowledge of sin. Guys, when we look at the law of God, when we look at his Ten Commandments, I'm going to start a sermon series in a few weeks on the Ten Commandments. We're going to go through all ten. We're going to preach all ten. And I'm going to tell you something. If you look at the Ten Commandments at surface value, and you can say that you're not guilty before God, I don't think there's any hope for you. I can't tell you. I can't convince you. You say, Jeremy, I've never murdered. Have you hated somebody? Have you hated somebody in your heart? God says you're a murderer. You say, Jeremy, I've never had an affair on my wife or my wife. Have you ever lusted in your heart? You know? You say, Jeremy, I've never stolen a thing in my life. Have you ever coveted something that someone else has and wanted it so bad that you actually stole it? The law points us to our, our, our situation and our condition. The law is the knowledge of sin. Man has rebelled against God. Then in verse 23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. He says in verse 23, Everyone with a pulse, everyone who's lived, everyone who exists, verse 23, have come short of God's glory. How do we escape this? God's just. God's got to deal with it, right? God's just. And then we look at our condition. We're, we're just a mess. Man is hopeless in his condition. But then I want to point to you the third thing about the gospel. Not only God's character, not only God's, uh, man's condition, but then we see the redemption of Christ. Verses 24, 25, and 26. Here's where it gets good. Being freely justified by His grace. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, who God set forth. Listen, tonight, if you're a sinner, if you sin, if you're a sinner and you're good at it, who in here is good at I'm good at sin. Oh, man. I'm like A plus 100% on sin. 4.0. I'm just, a, I am so good at sin. If we're good at it, if we're sinners and we're good at it, if we've fallen, here's the good news that God set forth Jesus. He sent His Son to justify you freely in verse 24 by His grace. Who can leave here tonight and say they're not loved because God sent His Son? Verse 25, He sent Him as a propitiation by His blood through faith to demonstrate that He is righteous. God's righteous. And He sent His Son. He was the embodiment of God's righteousness. And tonight, Jesus' life satisfied the law of God. When we look at the law, I, I love to talk to younger people. I keep wanting to go over it this way. When, 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 we, when we talk about the law, like Cassidy, and, and we can look at the law, right? Like the Ten Commandments and Cassidy, and they can sit down, you can look, and you're like, man, I've broken these. And I can come over here to Daniel, and I can, I can go to Larry, and I can go to everybody, and I can talk about, look, you've broken these laws, you've broken these laws, you've broken these laws. And we, we ask ourselves, what do we do? We can't live our life perfect, can we? We can't do it. We're hopeless. Jesus' life satisfied God's law. People talk about, you know, Jesus didn't come to destroy the law. No, He came to fulfill it. 
His life fulfilled every commandment of the law for us. Is that not beautiful tonight? That Jesus came and lived the life that you could not live. To pay for the life that you do. Jesus is fully God. He is fully man. And His death satisfied the wrath of God. Can I tell you tonight? I like to use this like, I need a, I need a helper. Cass, do you want to be my helper? Come here a minute. You're going to be, um, just hang out. You're just going to be, you'll be, in a minute you'll be something. So tonight, we talk about God's wrath. I don't want to tell you, I don't want to scare you. We talk about God's wrath and, and Cassidy, let me move this so everybody can see. Cassidy, you, you've sinned, right? You've done bad stuff before? Like one time? Okay. And Cassidy has admitted, he's admitted that he's a sinner. He, he's done bad stuff. He, he's admitted that he's a sinner. And, and, and listen, can I, can I show you something? Now, I, I've told Amanda and Daryl to their face, I think that McKinley and Cassidy are just two of the most gorgeous kids I've ever seen. I mean, they're just beautiful kids. I love these kids. They're just, just awesome kids. I mean, I, I mean that, okay? I've told them that. Ask them. But, but here's the thing. As awesome and as cool and as just like handsome and, I mean, look, he's just awesome. He deserves God's wrath. Do you hear me? I don't want to freak y'all out. My kids do too, okay? But he, he, deserves, he deserves God's wrath. Our, our beautiful children, they've sinned. How does God pay for that? Who, who's going to pay for it? And so here's what happens. Like, I'm going to be God and you're going to be Cassidy. And like, I'm like, rah, i got to rain down my wrath on you because you've broken my law, right? Right? But here comes, uh, here comes Tristan. Tristan, come up here. And so I'm mad. I'm mad at Cassidy like, you just, you, you, you lie, you sin, you cheat, you steal, you talk back to your mom, you talk back to your daddy, you, you, and, then, and then here comes Tristan, watch, come here, and then, it, come here, come here, and then he jumps in between Cassidy, right? And he dies, and he turns around, and he looks at God, and me, and he says, he's all right. See, that's what Jesus did. He stepped in between God and Cassidy and made it good. So now when I look, I'm like looking for Cassidy. I'm like, where's Cassidy? I see Jesus. I don't see Cassidy's sin anymore. I'm going to sit down. Thank you, boys. Listen, here's the deal. Cassidy was hopeless. Amen, Daryl. He was hopeless. I mean, he's just he's hopeless. <laughs> and, and Cassidy needed help. And Jesus came to step in between him and God. And he redeemed his life. And he saved his life. Now tonight, if we trust Jesus, if we take what he did on the cross, when God looks at us, he doesn't see us anymore. He sees his son and it pleases him. Just like when, when Jesus was baptized and he goes down in the water and he comes back up and God roars down from heaven. He says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. If we ever want to please God, all we've got to do is trust Jesus because the only thing that's going to please God is Jesus. That's it. You say, Jimmy, but I want to do a good job. You can't. You can't. Romans 3.23, bust it up for you. You can't. And so, Jesus came and satisfied God's wrath. Then I want to tell you this, and I'm closing. Not only do we see the character of God, He's creator, He's just, He's righteous, He's gracious. He sends His Son. Not only to see the condition of man, he's rebelled against God, he's under the wrath of God, he's separated from God, he's hopeless. We see the redemption. Jesus satisfies the law, dies in our place. Then I want you to know tonight, there's a response. 
There's a response. You know, you know sometimes I, I find myself, and I'm going to confess tonight, y'all don't get mad at me, but I come down here on Sunday after Sunday, and I, I stand in front, and, I, and I'm standing, I'm like, God, do I need to be standing here? Because is someone ever going to come and let go and let, let them be, let Jesus be Lord of their life? You say, Jeremy, we're, we're all saved. Really? No, we're not. Some of us have trusted Christ. Some of you have been baptized. Some of you, you got it. You're like so covered up with Jesus. It's just awesome. But some of you, week after week, sermon after sermon, day after day, chance after chance, message after message, deny that you need Christ. You deny it. And you're walking out that door. Ryan stood here and preached before. Jackie stood here and preached before. I've stood here and preached before. Many men before us have come and, and preached here before. And we, we're crying out. I'm crying out to you tonight. Please respond. Verse 22. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. There is no difference. Verse 22. Accept the righteousness of God. Respond to the righteousness of God. If you jump down to verse 26. He says, to demonstrate at the present time His righteousness that He might be just. And the justifier, listen, the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. In verse 26, we need to respond and let Jesus be our justifier. Let Jesus be our advocate. Let Jesus step in just like we showed you a while ago. Let Jesus step in and save the day, save our life. That's all we need. I want you in Sunday school. I want you here in preaching. I want you here in Bible study. I want you here. I want you reading your Bible. I want you doing your devotion. I want you to do all those things. But if you have never let Jesus step in between you and God and make it good, then you're lost. You're lost. And you're trying to do something you cannot do. You're never going to be good enough. You're never going to be good enough. We need biblical repentance tonight. I want to ask you, can I ask you, it's a new year. What is stopping you from turning around and loving God? What's going to have to, what's going to, have to step in and kick you in the teeth and break your heart tonight? How many sermons will you listen to? How many chances will you give up? How many times will you deny the gospel? How many times will you not hear the gospel? The gospel's been preached tonight. The gospel's been taught in children's church. The gospel's been led here over and over again through so many different ways. How many times will you deny Jesus? You're going to walk out. And one day, I pray it never happens, but one day, your time's going to run out. And we need biblical repentance. And we need biblical faith. I want to read verse 26 one more time. Just to, I want you to hear this. God, to demonstrate His righteousness at the present time, He might become the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Guys, listen. There's one thing you can do tonight to change it. There's one thing you can do tonight to help yourself. There is one thing. I urge you, I beg you, I plead with you tonight. There is one thing you can do. Put your faith in Jesus. And then, hear me, hear me well. Then, God 
will justify you by your faith in Jesus. Tonight, I want to ask you. I came with both guns loaded tonight. Listen. Who will leave here tonight different? Who will let tonight be the night? Or today be the day? Or this hour be the hour? Who? Who will say, I want to put my faith in Jesus. I've been putting my faith in everything. Myself. What I do. My my habits. my, my, My religion. Who tonight, hear me, hang with me, I'm almost done, hang. Who here tonight will put their faith and their trust in Jesus? And then, who tonight walk out to the same door, get in the same car, make the same trip you always make, do the same things you're always doing, and one day you're going to realize it wasn't enough. And you and God will be standing there, and God will say, I don't know you. Because I don't see Jesus. I see you. Scary church. Tonight I want to ask you. Myra's going to come and Gail's going to work her way up here. And they're going to, they're going to lead a song of invitation. A hymn of invitation tonight. And, and we're going to get home in time to watch your favorite show probably. Whatever it may be. It's simple. Have you put your faith in Jesus tonight? Have you put your faith in Jesus tonight? Tonight, have you done it? If you have, let's go to the house. But if you haven't, will you come tonight? Will you come tonight? Will you put your faith in Jesus? Nothing else we can do can save us. What are we going to sing, Miss Gail?